Welcome to Victory Church's podcast. We exist to bring the heart of God to everyone, everywhere, and help them experience the fullness of life. Wherever you're listening from, we believe you matter, we care, and Jesus loves you. We hope today's message encourages you and helps you discover your victory in Christ. I want to tell you something really neat. There's a guy that I found on social media, just some really, really cool things. His following is kind of blown up. His name is Travis Doodles. He's got a ministry where he just spreads random acts of kindness and just blesses people, and he does it in the name of Jesus. I just feel like it's perfect for our series, The Art of Neighboring. So why don't you turn your attention to screens and just check out this short video of a few clips of what Travis does. This is really cool. A hurricane is about to hit Florida, and some homeless people have nowhere to go. So when this hurricane hits, you're just going to be out here? Yeah, no place to go. Come on, I'm going to get you a hotel room. Appreciate it. Yeah. I praise God for you. I said, God, I wish you'd get me away from all this. Hey, here you show up. Give it God's sin. I mean it. It's going to feel strange because I ain't slept on a bed in a month. Slept on hard concrete. Wow. Okay. Here you go. Of course. I hope you sleep like a baby in that bed. How's that feel? That feels good. I praise God I got somebody who's a Christian friend. What's something you need right now? Probably if my left leg's giving out and I have walk all day. If I have a bike, I could ride so I can get around. Well, let's go get you a bike right now. How's that sound? You serious? Yeah, let's go. That's the one you want? Yeah. How about this one? Yeah, I wouldn't be able to put it on it. <laughs> Never had nobody actually really care. Let's take it for a ride. Woo! That's good. That's a nice ride. I love you and I love God. I love God more, but I love you as my friend. Hey, I love you, buddy. Can I tell you something? What? So I have amazing supporters, and we want to help you get off the street. We raised over $3,000 for you. Excuse me, I know this is random, but I drew this picture and I saw your son had a Ninja Turtle t-shirt yeah. on. I wanted to give it to him. Yeah, he'll like this. Kid. I also wanted to pay for your groceries. No, you don't. Yes, I do, Excuse yeah. Excuse me, sir, I've been going through a hard time. Well, hopefully this helps. <laughs> Thank you. Jesus sir. loves you so much. You're amazing. Thank you. Look what he asked you. Hey, man, I saw that you had a Ninja Turtle shirt on. I drew that for you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Do you go to a church? I do, what yeah. What time is it? What time is service on it's, Sunday? It's uh, 1030. 1030? That's it. Okay, that was nice. We'll be there next okay. Sunday. Thank All you. Right. I All right, I'll see you. Excuse me, can I ask you a question? How much do you need? You're gonna make me cry now. My 18 year old just asked me if he could borrow 40 bucks and I told him right now because I'm not working, I can't do anything for him. So basically anything, I'll take it. It'd be the only thing I have. Well, I'm gonna give you all of it. I can't believe you're doing this. Yeah, I want you to have all of it. Can I pray for you? Yes, you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Well, I just want you to know that Jesus loves you and you have a purpose and he's going to work it out. Thank you so much. God is awesome. you got to lift your spirits up. you got to pray. You totally made my day better. You have no idea. Oh, my gosh. I could text my son now and tell him I could send him that 40 bucks. <laughs> How's it going, man? Just wanted to give you that. You have a good one, all right?
come on. Come on, how awesome is that? Well, everybody, I was just really inspired by Travis. That's, that's a great capture of the art of neighboring, isn't it? And so everybody, come on, actually, would you stand to your feet and welcome to the stage Travis Doodles, who's with us today. Come on, let's go. Give him a hand. Come on over here, bro. All right, all right. You can be seated. We're just going to hear from a moment. Dude, like, what God is doing through you, through your ministry, it's really, really incredible, man. It's inspiring. It's really the heart of, like, our church and the series that we're in called The Art of Neighboring. And so, man, why don't you just tell us really quickly about, like, how you got started, how you got into doing this. Okay. So the story is extremely long, but I'm going to wrap it up in less than a minute. Nice. Um, so in 2011, I started a YouTube channel. Um, I got pretty, pretty good traction back then. I was doing artwork, and um, I got a, a reality show with MTV. Wow. And it didn't work out very well. I got a good taste of Hollywood, <laughs> and I decided it's not for me. So I was kind of chasing the wind, get, getting caught up in just whatever the world has to offer. So I quit social media completely, got off for pretty much 10 years. Um, and then, wow. yeah, I just, I just, it was, just wasn't for me. So then basically what happened was six months ago, I was having a conversation with a friend. And it was one of those conversations where I'm sure, you know, you guys have had them before where it's like, oh, once my business blows up and I get rich, I'm going to give back. I'm going right. to do so right. much stuff. And it was like that light bulb moment. Because I've always felt like I was kind of generous. Um, and I was just like, I, you know, I, I want to I do that. But it, it, it was one of those things where God, like, put it on my heart. And he's like, well, do it right now. Yep. And I was like, but yep. I, don't, I don't have the money to do it. And God was kind of like, you think you can outgive me? Come on. So I was Come like, on. wow, okay. So I, I was making, well, actually, my boss at the time. So I was doing video behind the scenes. I was just kind of like doing freelancing and stuff. And then this guy hired me to be his full-time video guy. And he just raised my pay to like 150000 a year. Let's go. And God said, no, quit. <laughs> so I, I quit my job with no game plan, no money coming in. And I just start giving away thousands of dollars a week, yeah, emptying out my savings account. So I'm, I'm like scared to death, but I'm also excited. And God's like, just, just trust me. Just do this. So I started doing it. And then my wife was crazy enough to say, yeah, do it. <laughs> just do it. You know, so, so I'm emptying out my savings account and, and doing my thing. And um, we started a nonprofit because I'm like, all right, well, I want to do ministry full time. She wants to do ministry full time. Let's do this. And... Um, I got back on social media, and I didn't really want to, but God was like, hey, you know, you can use social media to impact more people. So I did it. A couple videos just, like, went viral right off rip, yes. and then people just started donating. So I was like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. So, uh, and then it just, I just kept doing it, and, and then just God kept using it. Dude, come on. That is so amazing. It's crazy. On. All right, just, you had mentioned to me something about that Ninja Turtles quick video, and, and I just, just inspire our church with that quick story for just a second. Yeah, so that Ninja Turtle drawing, um, I, I, I draw. That's kind of where I got the name Travis Doodles when I was doing my artwork and stuff. Nice. And um, I, I had that drawing in my car, and it was a, I did it a couple of weeks before I met that lady, and I found it on the ground in the back seat, and I picked it up because I was about to go pay for somebody's groceries. So I go into Walmart, and I'm like, you know what, God? If I can find somebody with a Ninja Turtle t-shirt on, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless them. So um, I, I'm, I'm walking around. There's nobody with a Ninja Turtle t-shirt on. And then I go to the line to just check out because I bought something. And I'm like, well, you know, some days you just 
you don't find anybody. And this little kid is, is in line with his mom, and he turns around, and he has a Ninja Turtle t-shirt on. Yeah, he does. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is, okay, God. So, uh, so but, I, I, like, I wasn't ready. And, and, you know, we do a lot of ministry and, and giving off camera, too. I don't want people to think that it's just on camera. Yeah. So, like, I wasn't ready. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, this could be such a special moment. So, but I, I didn't have the camera on me, and I was just like, ah. So, I'm, and then she checked out, and she left. So I'm like, ah. I'm like, God, if it's meant to be, I'll see her in the parking lot. I go out to the parking lot, and, you know, she had two kids, so it's like it takes time to put them in the car. Yeah, it does. She's parked two cars down from me. So yep. I said, okay, okay, so let's do this. So I went up to her, and, like, she really was going through a hard time, and she needed that, and, and you know, we connected or whatever. But then um, what I would say is, you know, when, when, when I go out, I always try to pray, or, I mean, I do pray, but I'm saying I always try to pray, God, give me supernatural encounters. Yes, come on. And the thing is, when you pray that prayer, God is, going, God is going to answer it yeah. 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't yeah. going to go to God and say, hey, can, can you give me some supernatural encounters and bless somebody today? And he's going to say, nah, nah. Dude. Never. He answers it every single time. Come on. So, I mean, I have 150 videos out that we put out in the, in the past five months, and every single one of them has been a supernatural encounter. It yeah. really has been. Dude. It's amazing what God's doing. It's crazy. Dude, you know, I have a message plan, but you should just preach today. I, you got just this. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Don't, right, listen, don't give me a microphone, dude, bro. Tell, tell them real quick. How, how do they follow you? How do they support you? Uh, it's at Travis Doodles, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And be careful of the fake accounts because they're trying to scam people for money. Hey, Travis, on behalf of Victory Church, oh. man, here's $1,000 to Travis Doodles. We know you're just going to go give it away. So come on. God bless you, man. Thanks you for being here. Thanks this, for being here. This church is amazing, by the Come way. On. All right, all right, all right. So, everybody, we're in a series called The Art of Neighboring. And I just think sometimes we like to overcomplicate things, right? We talked about that in the Good Samaritan story when the lawyer asked, what's the most important thing? And Jesus is like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then it said, and he's seeking to justify himself was like, and who is my neighbor? We just love to complicate things. And sometimes we just like to see how simple it is. He said right now, he's like, how, Travis was like, how do I do that? How, he's like, just start giving, you know, we, we can romanticize things and say, one day I'll be generous. One day I'll be loving and kind. One day I'll give stuff away and bless people. If we're not doing it now, we're not gonna do it later, right? So come on, let's get into the flow of this now. The art of neighboring. This whole series is so exciting because really it's Jesus saying, this is the most important thing. Live as my hands and my feet and spread kindness and love and truth to the world. And the culmination of this whole month, we've got our fall festival coming up. And I just gotta say to somebody, I'm like, listen, you think you're ready, you're not ready. <laughs> you're not ready for this fall festival. It is going to be bigger and better than ever. I'm so, so excited. And it's like one of these things, it's like the South Florida Fair is throwing up on our property. And you're gonna, people are gonna come and be like, how is this, how am I not getting charged for this? Because you would think you pay good money, but the games and the rides and the prizes they can win and the free candy, friends, this is the time. Grab those invite cards. Grab more invite cards on your way out. Get as many as you can. Invite people like crazy. This is the time. People's hearts are open to receive an invite to something like this, potentially more so than a church service, and we're gonna spread kindness. I'm talking about an epidemic of kindness in South Florida. Come on, who's with me? Let's go. 
Okay, I wanna say this. Um, we, we talked it last week about the good Samaritan and Jesus made it really clear. He, after he said, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And the lawyer says to him, well, who is my neighbor? Jesus tells a story and he says, you see, there is this man who was bruised and beaten and bloodied and left on the side of the road. And he said, and then there were two religious people that came by, a priest and a Levite who saw him. And what did they do? They passed by on the opposite side. They had their excuses they had their reasons, they had their schedule or their agenda or whatever it was that would justify them to say, maybe somebody else will do something about this. And it was a Samaritan that came along, picked him up, put him on his own animal, bandaged his wounds, brought him to an inn, paid for two months of his stay and for his rehabilitation and said, whatever else it costs, put it on my tab, I got this guy. And Jesus says, who do you think was a neighbor to this man? And the lawyer rightly said, the one who took care of him, gave, was generous, made his problem his problem. And Jesus said, that's right, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. That's what he's saying to us. That's his message to us. And we're gonna look at the Bible today. And before we do, I just wanna say this. I have to say this. I've been thinking about this more and more lately. The crazier that our world gets, the more I love God's word. Because we are in an age of confusion. We are in an age of hollow and deceptive philosophy, which is stuff that sounds good, but in good. And we need truth now more than ever. Can I, can I get an amen? amen. Proverbs 4 says that the word of God, his words to us are life and health to our whole bodies. Come on, mind, body, spirit. It's life and it's health. He is the way, the truth, and the life. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our paths. And so we're gonna look at Jesus's words in Matthew chapter five, but we're gonna pray together first. Come on, let's pray. God, our hearts are open to you. Lord, would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you direct us? Where necessary, would you correct us? Holy Spirit, let your manifest presence be in this place, here in Boca, there in Deerfield, to all those who are tuning in online with us. Our hearts are open. We're ready to receive. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said... Amen, amen, amen. We're gonna look at Matthew chapter five. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, ESV. We have what is called the Sermon on the Mount. It's Jesus's longest recorded sermon. If you look at chapters five, six, and seven, depending on the translation you're reading, it's all red letters, which means it's Jesus speaking. And we don't have time to read three whole chapters, but I would encourage you, if you are a disciple of Jesus, to take some time this week and read on because it just, he just keeps taking us into deeper and deeper water in five, six, and seven. And it should convict us, and it should change us, and we should be open to that. And you see, it says right here, um, as Jesus opens up, actually, it was just really cool, because in 2019, I got to go to Israel and go exactly where Jesus preached this message. And I've got a few photos of it. Check this out, this is cool. So look at how beautiful the Mount of Beatitudes is. Come on. How beautiful is that? There's a church there now that has a garden 
look at how beautiful that garden is. And the church is called the Church of Beatitudes. Here's a photo of that. And it's shaped like an octagon. It has eight different points because there are eight Beatitudes that Jesus teaches us here in Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12 that we're gonna read together today. So beautiful. And here's something neat. You're hearing it here first. Next year, I'm opening this up to take a team of people who would like to go with me to Israel, November of next year. So you're, you're gonna hear more about that, but uh, another ministry that I'm a part of that's complementary to Victory Church, but is separate from Victory Church, I'm gonna take a team over there. You're gonna hear more information about that. It's gonna be November of next year. We'll share the dates with you and all of the next steps. We'll have an interest meeting, all that kind of good stuff. But it's really remarkable to stand in the places that Jesus stood and where he performed miracles and where he taught the kingdom and even see that hundreds and thousands of years before him where biblical characters walked and we hear these stories. It's just so amazing. It's like the Bible comes to life. Something tells our bodies, it's like, hey, guess what? This isn't fairy tale stuff. Like this is real. So cool. So Jesus says this in Matthew chapter five, watch, verse one. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Quick pause, because context matters. This message was actually not originally intended for the general public. This was actually intended for those who were serious about following Jesus. What did it say? He sees the crowds, and he went up, away from them, went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. This, when it says the disciples, he's not meaning specifically just the 12 but those who are true followers of Jesus, saying, I'm a disciple. If you are following Jesus and he lives in you, you are a disciple of Jesus today, 2,000 years later. But true followers, disciples of Jesus, they come to him and he's going, okay, now I could take you a little higher. I can take you a little deeper. This message was not originally intended for just the general public. And he sat down, it says, which was the position of a rabbi teaching with authority. Fun fact, back then when rabbis would teach, the rabbi would sit and the rest of the people would stand. Do you guys wanna do that today? <laughs> the next 20 minutes? Um, you guys, no. And actually, one of the reasons is because uh, it was harder for people to fall asleep while standing. <laughs> it can still happen, but it's harder. And so the true followers who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness and for truth are now coming up to Jesus on the mountain. And he opened his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven 
For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It's interesting to me, Jesus did not open up and say, blessed are the successful. Blessed are the put together. Blessed are the mentally resilient. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Jesus had a hook here. He hooked people in. Because this word blessed in the Greek is beatitudes, which means, oh, how happy. Come on, somebody say, oh, how happy. And when he's talking about this blessed, this oh, how happy, he's in talking about an inner satisfaction that does not depend on outward circumstances for happiness. Come on, somebody. Does anybody want that? That inner satisfaction that cannot be taken away from me or from you. That's what he's talking about here. And so it was a, it was a powerful hook. Oh, how happy are, and look what he say in verse three. Blessed are the poor in spirit. He's not talking about your wallet. He's not talking about your bank account. He's talking about your humility. Hey, hey. he's talking about your posture. The Bible says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So what is our approach to God and others? Is it that I have it together, that I'm put together, that I'm a self-made man? That I, like there is no room for haughtiness, arrogance, or pride. We've gotta recognize how little we actually have to offer because everything that we have is from God. Come on, somebody. Everything we have, I'm nothing without him. You're nothing without him. It's all a gift. The Father's just lavishing his blessing and his abundance on his people. That's the posture that we should have, that we should take. Is Blessed are the poor in spirit who know that they need God that know that they are not sufficient in themselves. He goes on, verses seven, eight, and nine. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Has anybody here been shown mercy by God? Anybody at all? Come on. And when you know how much you need him, when you know the ways that you failed when you know the secrets that you have that are locked into a safe and you know that he knows them as well and he's kinder than you think he is and he's more patient with you than you are with yourself and he shows mercy, it changes the game, friends. It changes things. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy we show mercy to others. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. We talked about this last week, and we said that empty religion creates chasms. The priest and the Levite saw the need and moved to the opposite side of the road, right? And the Samaritan saw it and said, your problem, my problem. Jesus builds bridges, and that's what we're here to do, friends, build bridges to glorify God in the earth, 
to preach the truth and to bring the kingdom of God. But let me say this, as we seek, friends, as we seek to bring peace and make peace, let it be stated loudly and clearly that we never sacrifice truth in order to try and keep the peace. Can I get a better amen? I don't know, I felt like we were a little bit hesitant about that one, like I'm not so sure because maybe we could just tiptoe around some difficult things in the Bible. Maybe we could just leave some, edit some things out. But the Bible's not multiple choice. Matthew chapter five in the Beatitudes is not multiple choice. It's we're all in or we're not. And so let me say this, as we seek to create peace, we do not sacrifice truth. Let it never be so. But I I think that, Jesus went on, right? What does he say in verses 10, 11, and 12? Watch this. Come up on the screen, please. Blessed are those who are, this is right after he talks about being peacemakers. And he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's like taking us into like deeper waters now. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. What what you talking about? How did they persecute the prophets before us? They killed them. Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah. How about... John the Baptist, Jesus himself, Jesus' disciples, 10 out of the 12, put to death for following Jesus, for preaching the good news of the gospel. The other one was Judas, who died by suicide. And then John, they tried to kill by burning him alive, but he survived, and then they exiled him to an island, and he lived in obscurity the rest of his life. Like, guys, this is just, this is heavy. We forget about it sometimes. You know why? Because we live in America. Yeah. Let me just say this. We enjoy some freedoms that many of our Christian brothers and sisters in other parts of the world do not get to enjoy and are persecuted for it today, not just a couple thousand years ago. And I don't know what that's gonna look like and how that's gonna shape up for American future honestly, but I think that our religious liberties are going to continue to be infringed upon. I think that we may actually have more of a cost in following Jesus, who's really in, who's really out. I, I just think, I don't know. But he's saying, if what you're trying to do is keep the peace all the time, keep everything perfect, and, 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 and it fits nicely in this perfect little box, and you're never stepping on any kind of toes with your faith, and we might ask, need to ask the question, are we doing it right? Just because what Jesus said in John 15, 19, he said, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And so we can get so caught up in everybody liking us and being popular and being cool and fitting in, but the world will hate us. Those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, they will see the kingdom of heaven. 
I can't say try to protect everything, live in this cellophane bubble, make it all kind of perfect or whatever. I say, bring it on. Because blessed are those who will be persecuted. Blessed are those who will actually live a life that is costly in following Jesus. Now, the world will hate us or if we'll be misunderstood or if we won't be cool or if whatever. Does that mean that we go about picking fights? Come on, man. Not at all. Does that mean we just try to like shove truth down people's throats and we're like, oh, let me tell you whatever. Oh, I got it. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the meek, not the weak, but strength under power. Strength submitted to God and to power. I'm telling you, the way that we live, it matters. And to truly follow Jesus, it should cost us something and he says, blessed are all these things, right? All these good things, you'll see the kingdom and you'll inherit the earth, meaning the future heavens, the new heavens and new earth and all of this good stuff and all these good promises. But then also blessed are you when you're gonna be persecuted, you're gonna experience some hard times. It's not always gonna be fairy tales and butterflies and all that good stuff, right? But, but don't try to fit. Don't try to be cool. Don't try to belong because you don't belong. But you are here for a reason. And he goes on, watch this, verses 13 through 16. You are here for a reason. For you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Hold on a second. Does that mean that you're worthless, that you stink, that you should be trampled on? No, no, no. Just saying like, if salt ain't saltin', then what is it good for? We've been given this gift. We've been given the spirit of God. We've been given the gospel of truth and the gospel of love. And what are we doing with it? The salt of the earth. If salt has lost its taste, I'll show let saltiness be restored. It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. That doesn't make any sense. But on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Come on. Salt and light, he says we are. Salt and light. And let your light shine before men. One of the, one of a, a, just a great way to let your light shine before men and women, publicly, is what we're doing next week, water baptism. Hey, if you're a follower of Jesus and you haven't been water baptized, or maybe you were like sprinkled or something when you were a baby you grew up and that was your, your tradition and you're like, but I don't know that I made a cognitive decision to say I am following Jesus and I'm in. Hey, next weekend might be your weekend. To publicly, you see, water baptism doesn't change us. And it doesn't save us. Jesus saves us. And Jesus changes us. But water baptism is an outward celebration of an inward faith that has changed us from within, inside out. Come on. And that's why people are going to get a little rowdy. And we're going to shout and cheer and celebrate after every single person who goes under the water and comes back up next week. Come on, right? 
If you want to sign up to be water baptized, go to our website. Make sure you get in on that. It's going to be amazing. Let me just say this. He says you got to be salt and light, and he talks about salt. Well, we just understand for a moment, what, what is salt? Salt is a preservative. Salt is something that brings out the flavor and makes things better. That's the idea behind it. I mean, you might hate salt, but I'm a salt guy. Bring out the flavor, make things better. We are called to be in this world, people who go to places and see people and we leave the people and the places better than they were before we got there. Come on. That's what it means to be salt. Friends, we, anyone who is in Jesus and a follower of him, we are the sons and daughters of God in the earth. And as I talked about in our series at the beginning of this year, we're the future rulers of the world, says at least over a dozen prophecies throughout the Bible in the new heavens and the new earth. We will reign with Jesus. What? That's amazing. We'll rule and we'll reign with him. So then what does that look like now? It looks like being salt and light to preserving, bringing out flavor, adding value to people. Friends, in just geographically speaking, where our church is located, in Palm Beach and Broward County, 97% are not followers of Jesus. 97%. We matter. We matter. We're salt, the salt of the earth. We're the salt of Palm Beach and Broward County. How we act matters. How you act when you leave church here today matters, especially if you're wearing a victory church, Jesus loves you, team shirt or something like that. How you act at the restaurant, in traffic, come on somebody. Because here's the thing, write this down. We preach the gospel directly and indirectly by the way that we live. We preach Jesus through telling people about Jesus. Make no mistake. But we also are preaching something indirectly by the way that we live and that we behave. And we ought to live in such a way. Here, I'll show it to you this way. Um, Can you help me out with the salt and vinegar chips? Thank you. Mike, do you like salt and vinegar chips? You love them. Come on, jump up here. Everybody give Mike a hand. (laughs) Thanks, bro. I didn't tell him we were going to do this. All right, go ahead, open those up. Salt and vinegar chips, they are extra salty. Go ahead and just have a bite of that, man. Not bad. Not bad, right? Pretty good. I'm a salt guy. I'm not a salt and vinegar chips guy, but I'm a salt guy. I could crush this whole bag. You could crush the whole bag. Okay, do it. Uh, Just keep eating. Just keep, no, just maybe get four or five in there. Just a bunch, because they're pretty good at first, right? But like, if you keep going, okay, that's, that's, that's probably good. That's probably good. Well, um, while you're chewing, we're waiting for you to swallow. I'll just give you a preview of next week's message. It's called Bad Blood, everybody. That's what next week's message is called, Bad Blood. Okay, so how, how, are, you, how are you feeling? Um, I feel good. Yeah. 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 What, are you, what sensation are you experiencing right now? Um, just a lot going on in here. Just like a lot of, just, mm. Are you maybe a little thirsty? Can we get the man some water? Here, here, get some, go ahead and have a drink. Yeah. 
That's better, right? All right, that's it, man. Thank you. Come on, jump down. Everybody give him a hand. You, you see, salt is a preservative. Salt is something that brings out the flavor and makes things better, right? But watch. Salt also causes you to thirst for something else. Do you, do you see where I'm going with this yet? Salt makes you thirst for more information, for greater information. If we're doing it right, if we're living like salt and light, then people are coming and they're seeing and they're having an experience with us in the way that we live, in the way that we act and go, hold on, there's something different. I need to know more. And guess what? Our light that we shine and don't hide, we point that straight at Jesus. Come on, somebody. He's the one. Hey, the band can come. I'm gonna start wrapping this up. I, thank you. You see, you see, it's only weird when nobody else is doing it and saying it. So participation, let's go. What is the art of neighboring, really? The art of neighboring is bringing the heart of God to everyone everywhere. That's what we talk about. It's our mission statement, to bring the heart of God to everyone everywhere and help them experience the fullness of life. I talked last week about being kind on the most practical level to waiters and waitresses. And I got this Instagram DM from a girl who used to be a waitress. She said, as someone who used to serve tables, it is so, so important not only to be kind to servers, but also to still tip well. There were times when I was in the middle of a shift and received terrible news, like my uncle had just died, and I had to continue my shift. I didn't give great service because my mind was preoccupied, but those tables that still treated me well and tipped well made all the difference. So happy you spoke on this today. Friends, do you know that people are carrying heavy burdens? They're traumatized, frustrated, and angry. A lot of people are angry with themselves. Like this little boy that I heard about, played in the four kids golf tournament on Monday. Four kids is a ministry that helps find children safe homes when they're pulled out of their homes and families due to ne neglect and abuse. And I heard the story of a foster mom who her and her husband fostered 40 kids, everybody. And she said they got this little boy They got him at five years old and with his younger sister. And his story was that at four years old, his mom left him and his younger sister in a home completely alone. And he was left to fend for himself. And when the four kids family got this little boy they thought that he couldn't speak because he wouldn't say anything at all, no words. Until they were driving in the car and when a bus went by, he said, bus, 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 bus. And they realized that he could speak and he was saying that because that's where he last saw his mom was getting on a bus. In this family, he was acting out. 
He was angry. He was aggressive. He'd use all kinds of crazy profanity at five years old. And they didn't know what to do. And they asked him, they finally got him, they sat him down, they got him to speak a little bit and talk. And they're like, what? What are you so angry about? Where is that anger coming from? What are you angry about? And he said, I'm angry at my mom for leaving us. And I'm angry that my dad wasn't there. And he said, I'm angry at myself because I didn't know how to take care of my sister. But he kept acting out and being aggressive and the family didn't know what to do. And the mom said that she heard God speak to her and he said, I've never given up on you. Are you gonna give up on him? And that little boy and his little sister were adopted into that family and he's 13 years old now and they say that he is the sweetest, kindest, most compassionate kid that you'll ever meet. And I just tell you this story for two reasons. Number one, on the most practical level is because orphans need homes. There is an epidemic in our community of children who are pulled out of their homes due to neglect and abuse. And it's not a government problem and it's not a think tank and it's, it's the church stepping up and saying, that problem, our problem. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And so I want you to pray about fostering or adopting Maybe you can't do that right now. Maybe that's not the stage of life that you're in right now, understandable. Can you support other families that are doing so? Can you serve them? Can you get in on this with us? And then I, ask the, I tell you the story for the other reason. It's really simply this. Many adults are just like these orphans, just older. It's just some more years that went by. That's it. Traumatized, frustrated, angry, oftentimes angry at themselves. They may have never had someone come and rescue them or restore them, give them hope, tell them that they're safe. Friends, those homeless people that we saw in Travis's video, you think that was their plan? Is that their, their goal? Was that their story? Or did some things happen along the way that they needed some help? Jesus said, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. And he ends up leading to this Matthew 5, 20. He says, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. It's like, hold on, what is he talking about? Because you see at the time, the scribes and the Pharisees were seen as the elite, as the holiest people, as the purest people the religious leaders, but it was all about law. It was all, for them, it was about appearances. It was about checking boxes and being thought of as a certain way. What Jesus is saying is your righteousness has to exceed it, not because you do better things and that you're a better Christian or that, no, but it's talking about heart transformation. That we are not doing any of this in order to gain points or gain favor, 
or have people look at us a certain way. But we're doing it because we're followers of Jesus and he's transformed. Watch, the art of neighboring is the art of heart transformation. That's our prayer. And that's what we're after. So come on, everybody, at both of our locations, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, we just say, God, we open up our hearts to you. Lord, would you change us? Would you transform us? We want the real thing. Would you break our hearts for what breaks yours? Would you let us live as salt and light pointing to you, Jesus? We are your people. We are your sons and daughters. Help us to neighbor well. If there's anybody here under the sound of my voice today that doesn't know Jesus, can I tell you that his arms are open wide to you right now, that he's kinder to you than you are to yourself, that he's more patient with you than you could ever imagine, that he loves you, and that he is restoration and redemption. He is the way and the truth and the life, and there's no way to the Father except through him. And so right now, He's just saying, if you want to receive me, would you just receive me right now? If that's you here out of the sound of my voice at either of our locations, would you go ahead and just raise your hand and let me know that's you and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to know that I know Jesus, that I'm in relationship with him, that I am saved. Come on. Yeah, without hesitation, raise that nice and high. Amen. Amen. Depending on the platform you're watching online, click the button to raise your hand or simply type in the comments. I decided. You can go ahead and put those hands down and I'll lead you in this prayer. Pray it out loud after me. Say, dear God, I believe that you love me and that you sent your son Jesus to die for me. I repent of my sin. I receive Jesus' sacrifice. Jesus is enough. God, from this day forward, you are my father. And I am your child. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God praise, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Your life has purpose and God has a plan for you. He has a story that he's inviting you into. We're all on a journey and we can all take a next step. No matter if your next step is baptism, inviting a friend, giving, or joining a group or serve team, you have a place here at Victory Church. You don't have to believe to belong, but we want you to know that you matter, we care, and Jesus loves you. To connect with us and get involved, check out our website at victory.org. Follow us on social media at Victory Church FL and subscribe today. See you next time.